welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. This is your host, Brent Bowler, joined by my sidekick, the Cynthia Knowles. Good morning. Oh, how are we doing today, Cynthia? Doing great. Well, we are privileged to sit down together with none other than Megan and Stephen Powell today. Hey, hey. Uh, hello. <laughs> it's good to be here. Weird to be on this side of it, but yes. here I am. Well, I know uh, we're so happy that you're here. Megan, I know you just drove back from Florida, correct, with the four kids by yourself? I did that. <laughs> it feels surreal. One of the joys that we have in sitting together is to give people kind of a larger perspective. We were also able to have John and Abby Hayes on and and be able to hear how the Lord's worked in their life. And I think that's, you know, when we talk about pastoral ministry, it's easy sometimes people to feel like they're in a fishbowl, but also when you're able to actually get to know people for who they are and realize these are just people called to train up and make disciples like all the rest of us. Uh, I think that's one opportunity that the Midweek Podcast gives us is even from a staff perspective to be able to hear uh, how the Lord is working in our life. And so even though many people probably have heard each of your testimony, certainly when you were called here, that was a, that was a case that many heard, but that's been three years since then. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> would you all share with us how you came to Christ? Uh, and, and, uh, and then after that, how you ended up getting to know each other? Uh, and, uh, and we'll just go from there. Okay. So we'll start with, uh, we'll say ladies first today. Oh, Megan, how did you? I knew end that up was coming. I was going to rock, Christ. paper, scissors you for it. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started going to church sometime around age five. Actually, my babysitter started taking me to church because my mom worked on Sundays. Um, and my parents are unequally yoked. I don't believe my dad's a believer. So uh, my mom was, but she was working Sundays. And so the babysitter began taking us to church and we enjoyed it. And so mom began taking us to that church. And so somewhere around that age, um, began going to church. I remember having a conversation with my mom about um, wanting to go to heaven and being scared of hell. And I do remember her kind of explaining that to me, um, possibly even walking me through some sort of prayer. Um, but, um, I think that that was such a sweet, uh, a sweet thing that God started it there. I believe that was kind of the start of my conversion, but I don't know that I was actually converted at that point. And so, um, kept going to church, kept going to youth group, kept hearing about the Lord, kept, um, going to children's church and all those things. Um, though didn't hear a lot about that at home just because it was difficult with an with a dad that didn't believe. And so around 13, I believe that I, um, that was my actual conversion. And that was when I was at a youth camp. And I remember hearing a message about um, some people have the heart of a lover and some people have the heart of a liar. And I was uh, just convicted that I had the heart of a liar. I was such a good kid, followed the rules, made good grades, like did everything just so. But um, I just felt very convicted that all of that was kind of a lie because my righteousness was like filthy rags. Um, Maybe I didn't have those words at that time, but so really just became aware of my sinfulness and my need for Christ. And so um, with a youth leader and some other friends, um, I repented of my sin and believed in Christ and was later baptized. And so I believe that was kind of the start of my Christian walk. And you knew each other at this time? Oh, no, not at 13, but it wasn't longer. It wasn't 
wasn't much longer. It wasn't much long after that. Yeah. I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah, uh, Megan and I actually have uh, really similar stories. Uh, I grew up in church. My parents divorced when I was six, but my mom was really faithful to keep us in the church. Um, we go see my dad every other weekend, and that wasn't like something we did with him. But um, the age of seven, you know, kind of in a in a split home situation, I was really. Um, I really wanted attention and the best way for me to do that in the church was to go get baptized and go do this thing. And, and so I did that at seven, but I had real, no, really no understanding of my sin, my need for Christ. It was, it was a totally selfish thing uh, to do. Um, yet I continually heard the gospel within this tiny church that I grew up in and at the age of 13, same same as Megan, I was sitting in just a normal church service. There was no, like, nothing nothing remarkable about the day, but uh, I was overwhelmed with the the lie that I was I was living. I had I had said that I was living for Christ, but I was really living for myself. And so I, I became overwhelmed with my sin and my need for Christ. And so again, went down to the front of the church and talked to the pastor and, and admitted that to, to him and confessed that I needed Christ as my savior. Um, and so I was baptized. I don't know if you say for real that time, but it was it was I was truly a believer at that point where um, where I went down and 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 was baptized before the church, showing my commitment and and desire to walk with Christ. Um, and actually, at that same time, knew that I wanted to to go into ministry. It was, um, I don't know if I can fully explain it to you, but it was, you know, something similar to, um, you know, I, I found a lot of s- stability, uh, in the church that I wasn't finding in my own family. And I loved being there and I loved serving the church, you know, in the ways that we got to serve as students and that kind of thing. And knew I wanted to go into ministry at, at 13. So, so you ended up obviously getting to Nacogdoches. I think one of the interesting components that I, I would like to hear some of personally is being a vocational ministry. A unique component is that if you leave your church, you also, by default, you leave a lot of your life. You leave your social connections. You typically are going to end up leaving your town. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's something where you, you really can't divide your uh, your call as a disciple maker from what you do. It's hard to, you can't really create clock on clock off. It's not really a thing. So what are some things that you all can tell us? Uh, I'd love to hear from you first, Megan, uh, what it's been like to, uh, to serve in ministry, uh, obviously to be, to be married to a, to a pastor and you all have obviously moved several different times, but what, what are some, maybe some insights that you can give that you've learned along the way of, of being willing to go all over the country, wherever the Lord may lead ultimately here to, beautiful Nacogdoches, and we're thankful that you're here. (laughs) Thank you. So I remember uh, being in high school geometry class and talking with my girlfriends about marrying somebody in ministry. And at that point, you know, youth ministry was where it was at, and you don't (laughs) want to ever leave youth ministry. So we thought, I thought I would marry a youth minister and our youth pastor. But um, anyways, so I have felt like a personal call I believe, to um, be in ministry in some form. Uh, And so I think 
about moving and going places. I, I think that that is important because it's not easy. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't move well, actually. <laughs> I mm-hmm. struggle um, because I really love close relationships. I, th- I feel best when I have people who know me and when I know people. And so it takes time to build those. And so I would say the thing that I've learned most is that like to really pour into that, like to be intentional, mm-hmm. to pursue people. Uh, I think I've, I have a couple of friends that I can think of right now that I think I forced myself upon. Like when they were <laughs> new to the city, I was like, you're coming over, we're spending time together and just trying to spend time with people um, to, to, to make those relationships. And so, um, yeah, so it takes so much intentionality to do that. And yes, also the blessing like it's really hard to live far away from family, but we are really blessed in that um, we get to focus on the the mission really that God has called us to, and so um, we get to cling to the church as our family. Yeah, it's not. Uh, I, I've seen. Um, I, I think it's it when you're in a pastoral position when you're on staff and you're you're given um, uh, kind of like instant community. When you move to a new church, you have mm-hmm. like a, a team that you're immediately joining. Um, you know, I think that is a little bit easier on on my end probably than on her end. And she she described it beautifully. And, I, and I've seen that uh, truly happen where, yeah, it, moving is difficult and it takes work to, to build those relationships. But we found that the Lord has been so gracious to provide the exact people we've needed in every season. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's been really sweet to know that e- each place that we've been able to, we've been blessed to be a part of, each each body of believers we've been able to be a part of, um, there have been real life challenges that have happened in our, in our family. And the church has been the primary source of ministry to us, not, not our biological family, but it's been the it's been the church that we've been blessed to, to be with um, that has walked with us through those things. And I told I've been telling these these college students that have been graduating here this this uh, you know just uh, I think of a couple uh, students that I've been able to, to talk to and they're kind of struggling with what do I do next and it's going to be really hard to leave Nacogdoches or you know whatever. And that's actually a, a beautiful display that they have. It truly invested themselves, right? So mm-hmm. it's it's difficult to leave. Why? Because you have poured out your soul to this group of people, and so it should hurt, you know, when you leave mm-hmm. and and when you have to form new relationships. That that is difficult. It takes work, but um, the fact that it hurts shows a healthy investment. So, you know, um, I noticed right off when you both moved here how um, hospitable you were with just the people of the church and the younger people, but also your neighbors and how intentional. Um, that was just, that impressed me so much. And the thought that you have four small kids at home and yet still you have people over and on a regular basis is just so encouraging. But um, one of the other things that I've noticed about you is how intentional you are about your family and your children. And so I thought maybe you could speak to that a little bit, like, have you always been on the same page? Did you know that you were going to discipline in the same ways? And um, just, I mean, people notice how well-behaved your children are 
and how much time you spend on that. So I thought you could speak into that. You're going to let me go first. Uh, sure. You looked at me. So, uh, so the first thing I would say is that, you know, how the Lord just uses hard things to do good. Right. And we, had several years of wanting to be parents and not getting to be. We had some miscarriages. And I think that those years turned out to be a blessing in that as we're thinking about we want to be parents, we're watching parents or we're thinking about things that we're going to have to deal with as parents and we're talking about those. So in that waiting time, the Lord really used it to help us kind of hone our philosophy of parenting and also... um, also, we've been so blessed to just have people in our lives who just let us watch them. Uh, some of the most formative times in my life have been just being with another mom when she addressed a heart issue in her mm-hmm. child, when her child bragged about something and she said, oh, who should we give the praise to here? And the child, obviously they've rehearsed this conversation, said, to another or to the Lord. And so um, just seeing those things um, has been so wonderful. And so, yeah, I don't know if I really answered the question great, but maybe you, you could add some things. I think you did. I, I think I would I would only add to it. You know, I think um, any in that in that uh, in that answer you just gave, we we would give all glory to the Lord or to others that have poured into us. Um, mm-hmm. We've had really we've we've kind of clung to, you know, couples or other people that we see that we, we see their, their parenting style and their leadership in their home. And we want to mimic it. You know, if we, you, you notice those people that you're like, man, I'd like to be like them, or I'd like to disciple my kids the way that they're, that they're doing that. Um, and so we've had several families just over the years that we have just tried to submit to and, and learn and be corrected. And it's, you know, to say like, I've really messed this up. How can I fix this? And, you know, really mature believers that would speak into our lives. And um, one thing in particular that I, I remember is um, we were at a, a, a church back in, in Florida that we were a part of for, for just a year as we were kind of uh, taking a, a, a reset year in ministry and trying to figure out what was next. Uh, we um, were invited over to dinner for this this other family's uh, house. And we were <laughs> wrapping up dinner time and they said, uh, Stephen, you play the guitar, right? And I was like, yep. And so they said, would you join us for family worship? And would you play the guitar for us so that we could sing? And I was like, sure, I'm not sure what family worship is, but that, that'd that be great. And um, <laughs> and so they're like, well, we're going to read the Bible, and then we'll pray, and then we'll sing some songs together. And I said, well, okay, that's that's awesome. And so we learned from them what now we're doing in our home and hopefully that's sharing great. with other people to do. Um, the Lord is gracious to allow the church to minister and disciple within itself to um, to bring about healthy relationships and families. So that's great. I don't know if it maybe uh, I don't know if I should share this here because everyone can hold me accountable. But <laughs> I recently heard a couple things that I think are so important, and we think about our kids. You know, our kids are our closest neighbors. And Mm. they're the people we have the opportunity to disciple unlike anyone else. And so I just don't want to miss that opportunity. I do. I fall woefully short so much. And then another thing I heard recently was if your light, the light that shines the farthest shines the brightest at home. And so I've been trying to think of that as I Mm. think about all these, the good things that I want to be involved in and um, not forgetting the, the people that I have to disciple at home. Yeah, that's great. 
you all have been, it's kind of right on that thread of hospitality and you all have been hosting a, a small group, leading a small group on Sunday nights. Now you moved, you were on Wednesday. Uh, we had shifting things around a little bit on Sundays and Wednesdays. Your group was willing to move to Sunday, uh, at least for this season. And would you share with us a little bit what that's been like? I know Sundays are, are longer days for us, uh, of course, and can be a little bit emotionally tired by the end of the day. Mm. But you all have hosted a small group on, from six to eight, of course. And tell us about the life cycle of that group and uh, <laughs> the kind of positive of that group and a lot of fun people in that group. So would you give us a picture of that and what – because I think sometimes people aren't aware that when we talk about word, worship, service, family, these four components, it's not all the discipleship is, but four key components to make healthy disciples – we're no exception to that. Just like we need to be mm-hmm. in corporate worship, we need to be a part of group uh, groups as well as uh, as as leaders. So, would you all give us an insight into your small group, what that looks like, and how that's ministered to you? Yeah. So we have, I think, six or seven unique households in our group, but we have twenty-two kids, which is really cool. Uh, so we've got uh, we've been our group has been fruitful. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so that's been really fun to kind of share, you know, just we've been able to learn a lot, I think, from some of the other families in our in our group that, you know, are leading and discipling their families well. And um, it's been really sweet to, to do that. Um, and then we have a couple single people in our group as well, which is also really cool. They're, they have they have shared with us, you know, individually that it's actually encouraging for them to see uh, other families lead their, you know, children and uh, to learn from their households. And so that's been really cool to kind of see that um, it's not where our, our generations aren't super spread out in our, in our group, but our, our circumstance or our, our stage of life, I think is, mm-hmm. is unique uh, across the board. And so it's been cool to see families learning from single people and single people learning from, from, from uh, folks with kids and, um, and getting to share our story, you know, part of what we're doing here in this podcast and sharing our testimony is part of what we do in our group. And so that's been really uh, probably one of my favorite things that we do as a group is getting to hear each person's individual unique story and how they came to know Christ and particularly their struggles and how um, how the Lord has taught them and what they still continue to struggle with today so that we could be quick to pick them up in those weak moments and um, we can be praying for them specifically about things that, that they need or they struggle with. Um, so that's been one of the more fruitful things, at least in my life for, for the group. So. Yeah. Um, so our group started uh, the January before COVID and we met quite a few times and I felt like we had a pretty good like relationship with those people, but in the midst of COVID, many of them moved. And so Mm. I feel like our group even now is completely different than Mm -hmm. what we started in January. And so we've kind of, it feels like we've started twice. Yes. (laughs) Started and then restarted. But um, man, I mentioned earlier that I like close relationships. I need those to feel, to thrive. And so starting a group is really outside of my comfort zone. And, but the Lord has been gracious because, you know, we know that our church needs kind of this, like, I don't know, we talked about it amongst ourselves as like this missional view of there are people in our church who are not connected and they need a place to be. And Mm -hmm. so I just thank thank God that he um, bared with me when I didn't really 
favor that as much. But <laughs> he, but you know what was amazing to me is that I think the the catalyst for our group was like the ice storms where we mm-hmm. had people living with people and taking people wood and <laughs> trying to get people water and like they were just caring for one another. And so I think that was really where the relationships um, thrived and grew. And yeah. so we saw serving each other and yeah. caring for each other and, yeah, and those struggles. Like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So and yes, they have definitely been our people. Mm-hmm. So one of the components of I mean you mentioned service and and that, you know, I think we we have to verbalize almost. We have to say this is home. You know, you're you're living seven hundred miles away from biological family. Mm-hmm. You you have to take that as home. But there becomes a point where your heart kind of shifts to oh okay. So there's a restlessness when you're not here. Then you know. So we can say this is home. This is going to be home. But there's usually a shift at some point that happens. We we pray happens for somebody where okay this becomes this is home. See myself here along. Like I can see can try, trying to think through the generations of what can happen. Lord my allow us to be a part of. Uh, how is that process? Because we, we moved here June, so almost three years ago to the button coming up here. And you all have moved here in July, a month mm-hmm. after us. Uh, when did that shift start to happen for you all uh, when the restlessness kind of started to happen when you're away from Nacogdoches and, and the church body? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, we have, like as you talked about earlier, we've we've moved a few times and uh if I'm if I'm honest, I think it it gets a little harder each time, and I don't know what that is. Uh, I think in one way we've we've matured and understood more that um, that the church is home. Like you know, wherever we are, the body that we get to be a part of is is home. I think you know, having having like you said, four kids and and all the transition that comes, it just takes takes more time. Um, and I think because as I talked about earlier as we invest more and more and we mature and giving ourselves away to, to the people, it gets harder to transition. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I think it's taken a little, a little bit of time, you know, probably, um, a year and a half or so being here to really feel like, man, we're okay. We're home, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know how to describe why that is. I don't, I don't know that. Um, but the Lord has been, really incredibly gracious to us to even as we as we moved onto our street we really desired you know to be a part of uh, a, a multicultural kind of um, thing or at least amongst a lot of people that weren't believers and so when we moved onto our street it was like everyone was a pastor and I was like okay well that's not that's not ideal we called it ministerial lane yeah pretty much yeah and so um, and, and shortly after we got there though, some people started moving out and we had different people moving in and um, we got some wonderful lost neighbors that were living next door to us that we could be friends with and we could be family with. And so the the, the Lord began to um, be so gracious to open my eyes. You know, I'm only speaking for myself, but open my eyes to seeing like, um, hey, don't don't limit, you know, what could actually be going on. Um, the Lord began to just put different things in, in, in our path. It was like, this is a, I'm giving you this gift. Uh, I felt like the Lord was just giving us these, these, these precious opportunities. I remember being at the church one day and, um, I won't mention his name, but there's a, a, a Muslim guy that came up to the church, an Islamic, uh, uh, he was part of the Islamic faith. And 
he, uh, he wanted to see the inside of a Christian church. I was like, this is a golden opportunity. I don't know why, but I don't know why you're here, but I'm going to seize this opportunity. And so, uh, so we go into the church and I show him the church and I share the gospel with him because I'm t- 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 telling him about how we structure our services mm-hmm. and why we do it this way. Because he was interested in like our liturgy or how we mm-hmm. you know, do services. It's like, well, because we structure it the way that we mm. do, it's so easy to share the gospel with him. Mm. And so uh, I got to share the gospel with him that way. And then we started meeting. And so even when we moved here, I think I had like desires in my mind for what it could look like. And I think in my short-sightedness, I saw well, we're just a whole bunch of saved people on our street. Um, but there's there's great work to do here. And I think part of what it has been for me to realize this is home is to see the work to be done, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be somewhere that we can just kind of coast and be easy. And now for the Lord to change that and for the Lord to bring about, you know, all these opportunities that we, we couldn't have imagined that we're here um, because I think we, I can see more work to be done I feel more at home, if that makes sense. So, um, the 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 graciousness of the church has always been there. Like that's not that's none of that has impacted that as far as I can as far as I can discern. The church has been so gracious. I've been we've been so loved by so many incredible people here. Um, we truly have felt warmly welcomed and folded into what the the Lord is doing here at Grace. So, that's my perspective. So. Yeah, I I will speak a little more practically, though. I agree with everything that you said. Um, I think that year two is just a really big milestone because you start to repeat things. Mm-hmm. So your first year of living somewhere, everything is new. So when you say, let's go to the Blueberry Festival, I don't know what that is. I don't know what to expect. Should I bring a stroller? Where should I park? <laughs> How long should I expect to go? Like. Every little thing is like that. It's brand new. It's like the first day of school. And so by year two, I feel like, oh, I know what to expect. I know kind of what the weather's going to be like. I know kind of what to expect when they say this event is going on or that thing. Um, You know, kind of getting your feet under you um, as far as just what the ebb and flow of life looks like here. And so I just feel like year two is such kind of where that usually happens. Now, our year two was rudely interrupted by a global pandemic. So that kind of messed things up a little bit. But I I do, I do. And I tell people who are moving away, like, the first year is really hard. Um, So, but I would think somewhere around that mark was Mm -hmm. when things began to settle in. There's a lot of parallels to what your all experience was ours as well and and coming here and also people that are just checking out grace bible for the first kind of season of their life Mm -hmm. and giving it the grace of leaning in don't stop leaning into relationships don't stop give it a second year understand and Mm -hmm. uh the more people you have over in your home the more intentional commitments you're making to other people uh even verbally and outwardly uh, the more realistic it is that it becomes family but if you're not gracious enough to give it the time for the roots to plant you'll uproot so quick uh, mm-hmm. or your heart will be uprooting. We can even mm-hmm. see that in a town like ours with a lot of great churches in our community. It's easy to uproot too quickly uh, and not given time enough for those roots to settle in. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be in Exodus. We're starting Exodus this week. Actually, Jonathan Mitchell is going to be preaching and beginning us uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Uh, what a natural spot to begin the book of Exodus. <laughs> uh, and the reason we're doing that is, is uh, well, you'll see on Sunday. I don't want to give too much out of it, but 
Uh, as we begin this series, Paul's very clear. He's, he's ministering to these, these believers, of course, these believers in, new, in the new covenant through Christ's blood. And uh, he references the Exodus. He references that these things were written down for our benefit, for our instruction. And so we'll see, Jonathan's going to show us how that applied to that congregation, uh, but also how the book of Exodus, even though this story of God's the faithful God in the midst of his forgetful people, uh, that's written down for our benefit for a reason. We may have a tendency to be forgetful still, mm-hmm. uh, and yet God is still perfectly faithful. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to being a part of that. We'll have baptism also this Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a great day. I feel like I should close it out, but I, uh, I, you know, I also don't know if that's my role. You as the, should, as yes. the interviewee, as our, as our guest. Actually, Cynthia, would you mind wrapping us up here <laughs> as our guest host today? Well, we had a great time talking to Stephen and Megan Powell. We're so glad you all are here. When Brent said three years, I, it's gone by so fast. I yeah. can't believe it's been three years. But we're so blessed to have you. Thank you. We love y'all. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. <laughs>